our criminal libel is incompatible with Article 19 on freedom of expression, and it called upon the Philippine government to pay compensation to Mr. Adonis and also to take steps to avoid the repeat in the future, including by reviewing the relevant libel legislation. You just heard presidential spokesperson Harry Roque pleading to remove cyber libel. This was in another life when Roque was a staunch human rights lawyer before he went to Malacanang to be President Rodrigo Duterte's mouthpiece. On January 15, 2013, Roque appeared before the Supreme Court in oral arguments to declare provisions of the cybercrime law unconstitutional, especially cyber libel. Roque stood alongside 14 other petitioner groups, including journalists, lawyers, internet advocates, activists, and even incumbent lawmakers, to warn against the cybercrime law. As former Senator T.G. Gingona passionately told the Supreme Court in 2013, I rise to assail a law that nurtures values from a draconian past, thoroughly inconsistent with the demands of modern times a law with fangs that instills fear in people's hearts, threatening to suck out our freedom of speech and expression. Hello, I am Lian Buan, and you are listening to the Law of the Terta Land podcast, where we discuss controversial policies of the executive, gaps in the law, and court decisions that shake long-standing principles in the legal profession. In this episode, we will talk about the cybercrime law. A problematic law passed by the Aquino administration in 2012 and upheld mostly by the Supreme Court in 2014. A law that allowed the prosecution and conviction of journalists despite a lapse in prescription period and which effectively made a penal law retroactive because of republication. We begin with the revised penal code. Enacted in 1932, long before there was internet, Articles 353, 354, and 355 offer definitions of libel, two important elements of which are defamation and malice. When the Supreme Court upheld cyber libel as constitutional in 2014, Justices Maria Lourdes Sereno, Antonio Carpio, and Marvick Leonen dissented. Carpio and Leonen even went as far as voting to declare as unconstitutional libel provisions in the revised penal code. Carpio wanted to strike down Article 354, which says every defamatory imputation is presumed to be malicious, even if it is true. Under that provision, there are only two situations where malice is not presumed. One, if it's a private communication, and two, if it is a fair and true report of an official statement or proceeding that is not confidential. Carpi said, this provision is so outdated because constitutional rights have, quote, rapidly expanded since the latter half of the last century. In keeping up with jurisprudence that fiercely protects freedom of speech, Carpio wanted to raise the bar on what constitutes malice. Enter the buzz phrase you might have been hearing all week, malice in fact versus malice in law. Malice in law is the malice that is presumed by Article 354, which Carpio wanted removed from our law books. Malice, in fact, is actual malice, 
which needs to be proven in order to convict someone of libel. Carpio says the Philippines must follow the actual malice rule of American jurisprudence because it has since been adopted by the Philippine 1973 and 1987 constitutions, making Article 354 of the 1932 Revised Penal Code archaic and no longer applicable. Had Carpio won this vote, there would have been high standards for malice. Not only would truth be a defense, the actual malice rule also says that even if the content is false, as long as it has not been proven that there was a reckless disregard for the truth, malice is also not presumed. This is the same thing that Roque urged the Supreme Court to do during the 2013 oral arguments. The rationale behind this, according to the U.S. Supreme Court in Garrison, is because erroneous statement is inevitable in free debate, it must be protected if the freedoms of expression are to have the breathing space that they need to survive. Seven years later, after Maria Reza and Reynaldo Santos Jr. are convicted of cyber libel, Roque recites the rule on malice in law that he once opposed. Meron tayong malice in law. Presumption na yung malicious imputation is in fact malicious. As Roque later says on Facebook, until the law is changed, then it must be applied. Now, there was one thing that petitioners won in the Supreme Court. The law that the Aquino administration passed punishes the aiding and abetting of libelous content online. This was fiercely opposed, especially in the time of retweets, reposts, and even just liking posts. Roque stood against this in front of the Supreme Court. An ordinary reading of the language does not tell you if, assuming there is in fact a libelous statement on Twitter, if someone retweets it, if the person that retweets it is equally liable for libel. The Supreme Court struck that provision out, saying that if sharing is also punished, it will have, quote, an obvious chilling effect on the freedom of expression. Here's where the Rappler issue comes in. The disputed article was published in May 2012. The cybercrime law was enacted only in September 2012. Take note also that the Supreme Court issued a temporary restraining order against the law in October 2012 due to the many oppositions, and the TRO was only lifted when the Supreme Court made a decision in 2014. Because penal laws are not retroactive, how can the cybercrime law cover an article published before the enactment? In February 2014, Rappler noticed a typo in the article. When it was corrected, the website reflected that the story was, quote, updated. Manila judge Reynelda Estacio Montesa said the 2014 update is a separate offense and can now be covered by the 2012 law. Rappler's lawyers argued that, one, the update that happened in 2014 is like the criminal act of sharing that the Supreme Court already struck down, and that two, courts must be prudent in applying the multiple republication rule to online media precisely because of the very fluid nature of the internet. Reza said her and Santos's conviction is not a problem of Rappler alone, but of anyone who publishes anything online. If you have an article that had already lapsed, Let's say you wrote it 12 years ago, but you found a typo and fixed it. The 12-year clock begins again. 
Reza says 12 years because to convict her and Santos, Judge Montesa had to uphold the Department of Justice theory that cyber libel has a prescription period of 12 years. Carpio says this is the overriding issue in the Rappler conviction and the part of Judge Montesa's ruling that has been slammed as unconstitutional by the most prominent legal groups in the country. A prescription period is like a statute of limitation. In the revised penal code, libel prescribes only in one year, meaning you can only be sued within one year of publication. This was originally two years, but an amendment in 1966 via Republic Act 4661 changed it to one year. Whether the starting point is May 2012 or the alleged republication in February 2014, Wilfredo Keng would have lost the right to sue Rappler in one year. He only filed the complaint in October 2017. Republic Act 10175 or the Cybercrime Law was silent or it did not specifically mention a prescription period for cyber libel, giving an opening to the DOJ to find a legal basis to extend that to 12 years in order to charge Reza and Santos. One of the biggest contentions to the cybercrime law is that it imposes a penalty one degree higher than its revised penal code counterpart. Because of that, cyber libel is now punishable by prisión mayor or up to 12 years, subject of course to the indeterminate sentence law. With the raising of the penalty, the DOJ found the pre-war Act 3326, which says that for special laws, if a crime is punished with more than six years of jail time, then the crime prescribes in 12 years. Law experts say this is a wrong interpretation. The Supreme Court itself said in 2014 that cyber libel is, quote, not a new crime. And if it's not a new crime, then the prescription period should be the same as in the revised penal code, which is one year. Even the Philippine government at the time agreed. Let's listen to the 2013 oral arguments where you will hear retired Justice Francis Hardeleza, who was then Aquino Solicitor General, defending the law before the court. The prescriptive period for the crime of libel remains to be one year under Republic Act 4661, despite 101.75. In justifying the cybercrime law, Justice Hardaleza said there are enough protections against overbreath and that the law will not unduly prosecute journalists just because there is now an online counterpart to their publications. Can a journalist who works for the same newspaper, which has both a broadsheet edition and an online edition, be prosecuted for libel twice for the same story which appeared on the same day? We humbly submit no, Your Honors. We hope this will lay to rest all the anxiety of journalists fearing that they are at risk for double jeopardy under Section 7 of Republic Act 10175. On June 18, 2020, Cagayan de Oro City 2nd District Representative Rufus Rodriguez filed House Bill No. 7010 seeking to amend the cybercrime law so that it will explicitly say that the prescription period for cyber libel is only one year. It is a belated legislative act, but still a concrete step to cure a problematic law. The anxieties and the fears are back over what Gingona called a draconian law, a law with fangs, 
a law that sucks out our freedom of speech. And those fears are real, like never before. I am Lian Buan. Thank you for listening.